All right. Well, welcome back to the Faithful of Sisters. We have been talking about um, women. Women is what we've been talking about. Um, and we are going to wrap up the series today. And if you're following along in the homework from insightsbiblestudy.org, then um, you will notice that we are not taking one day. We are taking days two, three, and four and talking about them. We felt like they were um, kind of all-encompassing um, women supporting. And so we are just going to talk all about them today. So mm-hmm. this week, we're only going to have two episodes for you. Um, and that's how we're going to finish up this series. But um, we're going to start out talking about Lydia. And then we're also going to talk about Priscilla. And um, we can give you some resources where you can find all kinds of other women's names um, in the Bible. But these two are the ones that we're going to focus on today. So that's where we are. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Terry, do you want to start oh, us out? Sure will. I'm going to read from Acts 16, verses 13 through 15. Um, and this is talking about Paul and some of his friends, <laughs> sort of. Yeah, yeah, and just want to jump in here first. This is Paul, and he's tr- he tried to go into Asia, and, and God said, no, the Holy Spirit said, no, you can't go in, you can't go in. But there was, he had a dream of a man who was saying, come to Macedonia. And so now Paul has traveled into Macedonia, and this is what happens when he comes in. Yeah, yeah. I guess we should give a little bit of extra context there, shouldn't we? Because we just left off with Mary Magdalene, who mm-hmm. was there <laughs> and saw Jesus after he returned from the dead, right? And she had the privilege of going and telling the disciples, like, hey, he's risen, he's back. And then Jesus comes, appears to the disciples, and essentially is like, listen, I'm out. My time on earth here is finished, but you're going to be better off because I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will be with you, and you were with God when you were with me, but now the Holy Spirit is going to be with you, and that's part of the triune God, and he will be with you all the time, everywhere. And so that's where the indwelling of the Holy Spirit comes and is open to all people of all races and all sexes, mm-hmm. both sexes. <laughs> There's not a lot of all there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Jew or Gentile, male or female, whoever you are, um, the Holy Spirit is available to you now instead of just being in the presence of God when you were with Jesus or when God like in the Old Testament, sent the Spirit or himself. Temporarily. Mm -hmm. Temporarily, right. But now the infilling of the Holy Spirit, he's here permanently. He dwells within us. God is still in heaven. Jesus is on the throne, but the Holy Spirit is living in us every second of every day, leading us and guiding us and teaching us and bringing comfort to us. And so I love the fact that you know, Paul's making his plans. He's like, okay, you know, we're going to go to Asia. We're going to go do this and that. 
But the Holy Spirit says, mm, not so fast. We've got a different plan here. And Paul is very much aware that the Holy Spirit leads him. So he just sets his plans aside, and he does exactly what the Spirit leads. It's a good lesson for us. So he has the dream. They get up. They get ready, and away they go. There's no hesitation. There's no... No arguing. No, let's think about this for a week or so and, and figure it out. But away they go. So they get to um, Philippi. Macedonia, Philippi. Mm-hmm. And on the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. So they did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a couple things going on here <laughs> that are kind of in the background. Um They're not worshiping in a synagogue. They're not meeting in a temple. They're not at a church. They're out by the river. Um, And that was cultural because um, you had to have a certain number of people in order to qualify as a church to gather together. And in Philippi, that is not what was happening. Um, And it was common culturally for um, believers to meet down by the water of wherever it was, there was a gathering by the water and a kind of like an unofficial, this is where we're going to meet. So it sounds like um, you need 10 men to -hmm. start a synagogue. And obviously there were not 10 men. And that's kind of sad for one thing. But so the women are leading them, are are taking it upon themselves. And Lydia is taking it upon herself. Also, um, there's writing on the... Uh, arches of the city that says that you cannot come into the city if you are bringing in an unrecognized religion. And they do not formally recognize Christianity or Christ followers. And so they would be going against the city law to even try to hold church inside the walls. So Right, because this was a Roman colony. Mm-hmm. Um, and remember who killed Jesus. <laughs> Yeah. So it was it was the Romans and they did not care for Jesus because he was a usurper of power in their eyes. um, And so were his followers. And therefore, this was not a welcome um, faith. Yeah. Say, quote unquote, religion. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So um, that's where they were. Yeah. So he, he comes upon this prayer meeting of women, and mm-hmm. Lydia is one of the women. What do we know about her? Well, she's a dealer in purple cloth, mm-hmm. and we know that that's a very expensive commodity. So she apparently is a fairly well-to-do, well-regarded citizen in this city um, because purple cloth was only sold to the elite. It was so mm-hmm. expensive that the average person couldn't buy it. So we know her clientele were the nobility or the more well-to-do members of society. We know that getting the dye for that purple cloth was a big job. 
I think Suzanne did some research and found that it took 10,000 shells. Is yes. that right, Suzanne? The shells of 10,000, the crushed shells of 10,000 shellfish um, is what it was believed. Let me make sure I have that right. 10,000 crushed shellfish were needed to yield a single gram of the most expensive of the purple dye. Wow. So 10,000 shellfish, shell, 10,000 <laughs> shellfish <laughs> crushed up for one gram of the dye. That's crazy. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, The thing I think about that sometimes Mm -hmm. is like, how did people know to get dye out of the shellfish? Like who's the first one that figured that out, you know, or I'm sure it was just a lot of experimenting. They did it with all the kind of dyes, but um, it's like, wow, who figured out it was the shellfish? You got to figure that God got fishmonger. Yeah. It was the fishmonger who went home with his, his purple fingers. Her purple fingers. What in the world have you been into? Ah, very smart. That's That's probably true. (laughs) But anyway. Also, Angie, I think what you were going to say is that God made things up, you know, made them. Yeah. And can give the thought. Right. Yeah. I think that's where all the most brilliant thoughts all come from. Is God just puts it in their head. Puts it in their head. Because how else would we have known about sound waves and the ability to think of the technology that we use today. Today we're on Zoom. That's how we do our podcast these days. A hundred years ago, would that have, would anybody have been able to conceive that? So, yeah. But God obviously set the world up so that there were sound waves and air waves that we could use and, you know, we could transmit pictures and sound and whatever else we wanted. Yeah, but I really think it was a guy who thought to eat the eggs first. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> or drink the milk out of a cow. It was like, why is that a good idea? You know? <laughs> like, why did that happen? Anyway. <laughs> But I digress. Yeah. <laughs> so usual. Back to Lydia. Back, back to Lydia. Lydia. Back yes. to Lydia. So okay. I love the fact that she's a she's a woman of business. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not, you know, she's not just a homemaker or just a mother. She's got a business she's running. Well, and the thing too is all that was at risk. Mm-hmm. When she invites Paul into her house, um, I can't remember who was saying we pre did some pre-talking on this, but um she did risk her business, her station, her customers because they were with the purple cloth. All right. Whoever said it, jump in here right now. Who, who was talking so, about? There you go, Suzanne. Okay. So she, the purple cloth is made for the nobility and that's who's right. going to purchase it. Um, Paul and his posse were the political opposition. So she was bringing in and housing and feeding and caring for the political opposition to her clients. And that is, I mean, think about how politics are today, right? Mm -hmm. And it was just as intense then, just as intense then, probably more so because they just chopped off the heads of their political enemies. Yeah. We don't do that anymore. Um, But they certainly were very, intense about this and so she was risking a lot by not only housing and hosting but then she's taking up the beliefs of these people right so and so then that kind of moves us into the next part where paul and silas talk about being in opposition they were imprisoned um because they were preaching and causing this stir right Mm -hmm. and so they were beaten and thrown into jail Um, illegally 
illegally. Yes. Right? Yeah. Paul citizens, and you could not do that to a Roman citizen without due process. Right. right. So. Right. And uh, Paul didn't tell him he was a Roman citizen until after they had done it. Yeah. And so then he comes out and they're like, whoa, we're so sorry. <laughs> like, okay, you can go. And Paul goes, no, I'm not going to go. You come get me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and so I think the reason he was doing that was so that he could help establish that church, that it was legit. Yeah. I want you to let everybody know in this town right. that I was wrongly accused and punished, that you had yeah. no right to do that. Mm-hmm. So that I want you to come get me so that everybody knows that I'm okay. That I didn't do anything wrong. Right. Right. And so what that does is it sets up protection for Lydia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and other members of the church. It legitimizes this new faith coming in. Um, because they could have been in big trouble if Rome found out that they had done this to a Roman citizen. So Paul kind of had something on them. Yeah. Yep. To just to kind of bring him in line a little bit more. I don't think right. they knew who they were messing with. Right. Certainly not. <laughs> well, God, Paul and Silas are, are arrested, they're beaten, they're thrown into jail, and they're thrown into like the very center of the jail. So there's right. no light, there's very poor ventilation, they have all these open wounds and just all kinds of issues. And they're, but, and they're chained. And they're yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, ugh. Yeah. Um, and then there's an, God sends an earthquake that is so large, it shakes the foundations it loosens the chains. It throws open the prison doors. But Paul and Silas and their crew, they stay there. They don't escape. And that's when they say, like, the jailer is like, whoa, you're legit. Okay, this is time. And then the officials see that and they say, just send them home. Just send them out. We don't, this is, <laughs> we've messed up. Send them away. And that's oh, when Paul's like, uh-uh, you come get me. You make it public that you're the one that messed up, not me. So there's all this other stuff that's kind of going on in the background too. Yeah, another part of this jailer and his family and his household were were came they to Christ. Mm-hmm. So this is another um, example of something that happened as Paul just stood on what was right and probably had prompting from the Holy Spirit. They could have all left the jail, yeah. like mm-hmm. everyone could have run. And that jailer, he was getting ready to kill himself because he knew he would be killed. Yeah, um, if ever if anyone was missing. Right, and it wasn't um, just Paul and Silas either. Prisoners, it was right. other people that were in in jail. Mm-hmm. Who, I mean, criminals. Be. You know, who knows? They stayed in jail too. Yeah, it would we're be all still here. I'm sorry, Angel. Don't you think it would be your first impulse? The chains <laughs> fall off. The building's been shaken. Who Doors open. Yeah, your first yeah. impulse would be get up and run. Mm-hmm. And it would totally happen. be mine. Yeah, I can I can figure it out outside of jail. Outside, (laughs) not have needed to do it inside. Yeah, I think the Holy Spirit absolutely was was leading them to just sit tight, um, because something great's going to happen here. Mm -hmm. So the magistrate did come Mm -hmm. and get walk them out, and then um, they went straight to Lydia's house. So she's ministering to them now, also medically, along with everything else. And he, um, they stayed there for a little while, and they encouraged, just just beaten, fresh out right. of jail. They're there encouraging the other. Now it says brothers and sisters. So I don't know if like the brothers are the guys that came with them on the trip, or if somehow now some men are joining in. I, it doesn't really matter. But here's Lydia ministering 
to Paul and Silas. In her home. In her home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's not backing down either. No. no. So it gets established. Yep. Yep. So they leave Lydia's house. Right. Um, and then they move along through all kinds of different places. One, two, three, four, five, six um, different places after Philippi and end up in Corinth. Yeah. What do you think Corinth was like, you guys? Mm. Well, we know what Corinth was like. We studied bad. Corinthians, remember? <laughs> yeah, it was a bad place. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, was, um, it was like arch- architecturally, it was beautiful at that time. It was a, wasn't it a main port, a main seaport? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of action going on, a lot of different cultures coming in and leaving and moving around. The Temple of Aphrodite was there, so worship yeah. of her was a huge part of their culture. Ron Ritchie, there's a quote. It says, above the city towered the Acropolis, on which stood the great temple of Aphrodite, the goddess of love. 1,000 religious prostitutes were housed up in that temple, and every evening they came down to walk the streets of the city. Now, those are real street walkers. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that is where like the term came. Yeah, yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. And so in this town, that's pretty tough. How you know? Um, Paul didn't come in. Like I think you were talking, Terry. He was he had, he was a great scholar. Mm-hmm. He was brilliant, and um, you know he could have really come in there and just spoken with um, such authority and. His, his smart, you know, and just overwhelmed them mm-hmm. by his deep thinking and his deep uh, theological discussions. But he doesn't go that way. He comes in gent- humble and just saying, um, you know, this is, this is Jesus and I'm representing him. And he is humble and gentle and kind. And I could throw everything I've got at you that wouldn't get you anywhere. You know, they. I heard someone say once, if um, if you can't explain things as if you're explaining it in sim- simplified enough that a, a fifth grader could understand it, you're talking over too many heads. Mm-hmm. So keep it simple. It's profound. What he's saying is profound. Not that you take that away, but make it understandable. Make it accessible to people. Well, and he also let the Holy Spirit do the talking, too. That was his approach in this city. He didn't come in with uh, all the scholarly stuff like he could have. You're Mm -hmm. you're right. It's it's just he he let the Holy Spirit move in the city. He let the Holy Spirit have his words, Mm -hmm. um, provide the words for him. And in this city, he meets Aquila and Priscilla. Mm -hmm. Priscilla's the girl, Aquila's the guy, just in case. Right. Yep. <laughs> and they, they're married, they're husband and wife, and yes. they are Jews. They have recently been ejected from Rome. Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now they're in Corinth. And it was not personal. It was because all the Jews were tossed out of Rome. Yeah, by Claudius. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and they're tent makers, Priscilla and Aquila are tent makers which is interesting um, because that's what paul does right yep, he was a tent right. maker by trade mm-hmm. yeah. which is handy because paul goes into business with the two of them essentially mm-hmm. right 
And what's really wonderful about that is um, he has his everydayness with them. Yeah. And not just them, with their, their customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I sure yeah. would love to be sitting there listening to some of those discussions. All day long while you? you're cutting and sewing. Oh, I'd oh, be yeah. like, <laughs> oopsie, my tent has another hole in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, something oh, yeah. that I thought was interesting about Priscilla and Aquila is that when they're first introduced, now we're in um, Acts chapter 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're first introduced, it's Aquila and then his wife, Priscilla. But from then on, it's Priscilla and Aquila. Yep. Um, and the writers, I read that typically writers introduced the men first or referred to the men first, and then their spouses or their wives came later. Um, but this way it's reversed, which is an indicator that Priscilla is actually the one who is um more notable, I guess, like has the the hierarchy between the, the part two of them. to play or is playing the bigger part. Right. The lead pastor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think Rosemary earlier said so I'd be like Priscilla is the Queen of England. Yeah. And mm-hmm. or like you know Queen Elizabeth and Aquila is Prince Philip. Yeah. Her consort. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's just another indicator of a um, a little bit of a story of a woman who is placed to support the ministry of Jesus. Now, Jesus is gone already by the time that Lydia and Priscilla come along, but they're still supporting his message um, and the church through their support of Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what Paul would do is through the week, he would be working on the tents. And then in the on the weekends he would go to the synagogue and he would um, state the case for Jesus yep. and he would mm-hmm. speak in the synagogues. Um, Paul stayed there for like for one and a half years, mm-hmm. and um, and eventually he moved on and he went to Syria, and Priscilla and Aquila stayed where they were, and they run into no, Priscilla they and Aquila. Go with him. I'm sorry, they do go with him. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I think where had Paul left Corinth? Okay. I'm not sure where they are. I got to be clear about that. I'm looking at my notes. Now Priscilla and Aquila are in um, Greece, Western oh, Greece, Acacia. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Right. That? And they encounter someone else. They hear someone speaking, Apollos. Is that right. where you're going, Rosemary? That's exactly where I'm going. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and then that's in Ephesus. They they go. They leave Corinth and go to Ephesus. Okay, got it. And that's where they meet um, Apollos. Right. So it was Philippi. Then they went with him to Cor- that's Corinth. Right. That's right. Then Priscilla and Aquila go to Ephesus, and, and I've lost track of Paul at this point. Paul leaves them there. Okay, got yeah. it. Okay, got Paul's it. He went with them and he goes. Corinth. So yeah. they're, they're in Ephesus and he moves on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, That's in a study in itself, Paul's mm-hmm. trips. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I kept tracking trying, where he is. Yeah. I kept trying to look at those journey maps, mm-hmm. and I'm like, uh, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> they're, they're tricky. Yeah. They're tricky. But yeah. anyway, they meet someone named Apollos, and man, is he a great preacher. Mm-hmm. He is preaching the Messiah has come, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's here. 
And for Cillian Aquilico, yeah, he's dead too, though. Do you know that he died and he rose? Like, they were missing this whole other part of the story. <clears throat> because Apollos had only heard what John the Baptist had told them. Yeah. And so, here's what Priscilla and Aquila did. They invited him into their home. Yep. They treated him kindly. They didn't cancel him. Nope. You know, they didn't take him off Twitter or all the other social media. <laughs> <laughs> and they discipled him. They did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love the fact that he was willing to be discipled. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's got probably got a little following, right? He's a good speaker. People really like him. They think he's got the message of God. But when they say to him, you don't have the whole story, there's more, he, he's receptive to that. Right. Yeah. It's yep. okay. Yeah. And, and then willing to let them pour into him. Um, that, that says a lot about Apollos in his really position. Does. He yeah. wasn't into himself as preacher. He wanted to share the story of God. So when he heard more of the story, he's like, I'm sure he was like, oh, well, you've got another chapter here. This is a good one. Hang in. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, something right. like that. It was like, it just made him stronger. And I, what I loved is we look over all of, all of these stories is how people were able to minister to those who don't know God, right? Mm-hmm. When Paul stayed in the prison, how he did that. When Lydia opened her home, someone had started that prayer group by the river, mm-hmm. right? right? She had yeah. known about God. Yeah. When he came there. That's right. And then I love how gentle and kind they are to Apollos. Mm-hmm. Just everybody's humility is pretty much on display here. Yeah. Um, Paul, Lydia, Priscilla, Aquila, I mean, Apollos, they're all, they all have a great humility and a willingness to be taught. Yep, right. that's what I was going to say. They're learners. They, and that's what we have to be. Mm-hmm. We have to be open to the Holy Spirit, to the God, to God's Word, yeah. and be willing to say, oh, you know, if, if the Holy Spirit points something out that maybe shouldn't be in your life, go, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. And to, you know, to move through that with the Lord and to learn what it is He wants to say to you at any given time. Yeah. And then to be willing to gently share that message with the people that you're prompted to share it with too, because Mm -hmm. sometimes we can learn things and then we just keep them all bottled up and squirreled away because it's special for us. And we don't necessarily feel like we're educated enough or well-spoken enough, or like it's our place to share something. But um, I mean, obviously God puts people in our lives to teach us things and to share things. And sometimes we are the ones who are in the position to share and teach like Priscilla and Aquila where they were like, man, you're super awesome, Apollo. Let me fill you in here. Mm-hmm. And so they're allowed to do that. And then this is something that I think is really cool is you read in first Corinthians, Paul sends a letter and he refers to Priscilla and Aquila and um, the fact that they are hosting a church in their home in Asia Mm-hmm. Where Paul, the Holy Spirit said to Paul, you can't go there. That's not your place. But, and we don't know all the ins and outs of it, but he does allow Priscilla and Aquila to be able to minister in Asia. I mean, what a privilege that that's just another way that they can take the word of God and, and share it in an unreached place. Mm-hmm. In God's way. And just doing it with people great. right in front of them. 
I, I was mm-hmm. before this, I was up late, late last night going, there's just things about mission or mission trip. It's, and it kept feeling like this hard work and I couldn't find it. And then I was like, no, just like listen to me and respond to the people right in front of you. That's all this is. Respond in the way I tell you. Mm-hmm. Do what I tell you. It's just following. And it's so much easier than my way because my way gets mm-hmm. complicated. I look at these women as um, servers and um, women who uh, contribute what they have to ministries, to Paul's ministries, Mary, to Jesus's ministry, and how Mary followed and ministered to Jesus personally. And then Lydia, who was a leader of the God followers at the river in Philippi, and she joins Paul and ministers to him and his disciples following him or whatever. And then Priscilla. And then she, you know, she does the same thing. She ministers to Paul and along with her husband, she she teaches and preaches and teaches training disciples like Apollos. And it's just, you know, they're all women who are ministering. And so God calls us to minister his word to his people, whoever he sends us, you know, as long as we're listening. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to note too, that these were not, this was not their full-time job. These are women who had families and who had businesses and who had things to do. Um, they weren't professional Christians. Like you don't have to be, <laughs> You don't have to work for the church. You don't have to be um, a raising support missionary in order to impact the world for God. Like these are women who were just going about their business and God used them mm-hmm. um, in big, big ways. And we have those opportunities every single day. We don't have to get caught up in the, well, I don't, I don't have that position. I don't have the authority. I don't have the um job title or whatever like jesus follower is your job title <laughs> yeah try work it sister yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. well i think some of that goes back to the fact that you know do we think that we're doing things in our strength um, or are we willing in in our everyday lives to submit to the leading of the holy spirit while i'm at a PTA meeting, or I'm in the grocery store, or I'm walking around the neighborhood with my neighbors, am I, am I conscious of the fact that, that the Holy Spirit lives in me, and He can lead me to say and do the things that those people need me to say and do to be drawn to Jesus? Um, so yeah, we don't need an ofi- any other official title than Jesus follower. Um, that's enough. And then let the Holy Spirit work through us um, to accomplish his purposes in the earth. Amen. 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 Well, that is, um, that's our wrap up here, folks. Um, We have spent lots of time talking about women, with women, and for women. Um, (laughs) And it's been good. I've enjoyed it. So, uh, Angie, do you want to finish out our series here? I would love to. Great. Father, thank you for your great love for us. And thank you that you've shown us that in the kingdom of God, there are no second-class citizens, that you love men and women equally, slave and free, 
Greek and Roman, Jew and Gentile, doesn't matter, Lord, you love us all. And we are all valuable and we all have a part to play, a purpose to fulfill in your kingdom. So Lord, we just thank you and praise you for the great plans that you have for each one of us. Father, plans that will bring glory to your name. Help us, Father, to realize that the Holy Spirit dwelling in us is with us, leading us, and guiding us every day. Um, Give us ears to hear and hearts to know that you're at work in our lives and in the lives of everyone that we encounter. So, Father, while we are doing those everyday things, help us to remember that we're light in this dark world, that we're witnesses of your great love and your great mercy. Father, we just pray that we will be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, I loved in your word that it said that you open Lydia's heart. And so, Father, for all of us um, that are involved in this podcast today, open our hearts to receive more of you, to desire to know you better, to be filled with your spirit so that we can be a part of your great plans. So, Lord, thank you for this day and for all of your blessings, for the privilege of reading your word and sharing it with each other. We're so very grateful for that, Father. And we pray your blessing on each and every one in the name of Jesus. Amen. Ha <laughs> <laughs>